it's not even about the volume of the voice. It's about the the sternness and and the and the follow up. You know, mm-hmm. and God, believe me, Gordon fucking followed up. <laughs> That was Top Chef Canada winner Dale McKay. And yes, the Gordon he's talking about is in fact Chef Gordon Ramsay, who he worked very closely with for a number of years. A steady diet of verbal abuse might not be for everybody, and it sure as hell wouldn't be for me. But to hear Chef McKay tell it, it was a pretty essential part of his training and helped him get where he is today. In this episode, I talk with Chef McKay about the value of working for top-notch chefs such as Gordon Ramsay and Daniel Baloud. We'll talk about his decision to pack up and leave Vancouver for his hometown of Saskatoon, bringing a bunch of friends with him. And you'll hear Dale's thoughts on being cast as the villain in Top Chef Canada. It's going to be a fun one. Let's get to it. Well, welcome to the show, Dale. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're recording today from our room at the James Hotel in downtown Saskatoon. It's our first trip here. It's kind of a nice little hotel, nice view of the river. It's kind of a cool little spot. You have three restaurants in Saskatoon now. Uh, maybe give me a rundown on those restaurants and what people can expect when they go there. Uh, we have two restaurants. Two? Yeah, two. Uh, one called Aiden Kitchen and Bar, and that's on 3rd Avenue, and that's been open, I guess, almost three years now. And uh, Aiden's really kind of... I, it's hard to say. I, we always just say kind of worldly, or because uh, we really do flavors from all around the world. And you know, I have a co-chef there named Nathan Guggenheimer, and um, so we have uh, similar styles. But I use probably a lot more Asian ingredients in a lot of the dishes that I kind of do. And and Nathan maybe is a little bit more. He, he does more southern dishes and so really it's kind of a mismatch but it really all does fit together when you're actually sitting there and eating which is kind of interesting and uh so you have really everything from like thai inspired wings all the way to uh, moroccan lamb you know so it's it really kind of is all over the all over the place uh and then you know burgers uh is kind of our big big thing as well Uh, we do you know all of our grinding in-house make all of our sausages in-house all of our charcuterie in-house all of our buns we do everything in-house to do with the burger so Hopefully it's a delicious burger. And then we have our new place called Little Grouse in the Prairie, which is uh, just a kind of a baby little little restaurant, 38 seats, and it's a small Italian restaurant. And, um, you know, we, we're not regional with it. We kind of essentially do modern Italian, but that it definitely has much more of a focus on on, on one style, which would be definitely Italian and, and pasta focused. Okay. Mm-hmm. Home Slice? Home Slice, you know, we did uh, for about a year, and I put it in the North End. It was kind of like a nostalgia thing for me, where that's where I grew up and everything like that. And you know, it was it was good pizza, good reviews, good everything like that, but just just didn't make money. And okay. I, I I don't get too emotionally attached when it comes to the, it comes to that kind of thing. And right. business is business. And uh, you know, we didn't really we we decided when we shut down Home Slice, we were able to basically take majority of everything and, and move it right down to Little Grouse to our new place. So it really the timing worked out and it was just a business decision a lot of fun we and we planned to do something with it later on it just wasn't the right time for saskatoon okay yeah well, fair enough. I think yeah. uh, if it's not making money, there's no obligation to keep running it, right? No. I, you yeah. know, we don't want to put resources where they don't belong, right? And so sure. if it takes, you know, one of us, one of our management to kind of oversee and watch and take care of, and if it doesn't make money, then 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 why do it? All right. You you were developing quite a name in Vancouver, which is a pretty well-respected food city. Yeah. Uh, what made you decide to pack up and come back to your hometown of Saskatoon? Um, 
I think just happiness and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and like, uh, you know, just talking about his business, right. Uh, you know, in Vancouver, if you're a young entrepreneur, if you're an individual restaurant, you know, generally you're, if you're going to be downtown core and you're depending on your, you know, uh, how much you, what your check average is and that kind of stuff. But I mean, you're really, you're fighting for seven or 8% to, to make seven or 8%. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, you can, in a place like Saskatoon and a place like this where the rent is a little bit more stable and people, to be honest with you, people spend more money in, in places like Saskatoon or Calgary or Edmonton or, you know, the maybe slightly smaller centers. Uh, Vancouver is the, one of the most expensive places in the world. And, uh, everybody thinks they have money or acts like they have money, but they don't have money. And so when you have groups of people coming in and you're getting $18 per person and no one's drinking. And so, you know, that all factors in at the bottom line and numbers don't lie and numbers are, are what tell you if you have a successful business or not. I mean, it's great to be admired and, and people talk highly of your food and everything else. But at the end of the day, if you're financially stressed all the time, then you're yeah. not creative and you're, it's not very fun. Well, unfortunately, uh, you know, notoriety and chatter doesn't really pay the bills very well. It right? doesn't, you know, and, and, you know, places like Vancouver are very fickle markets and, and, you know, you can be, you can be the red hot and you could be, everyone's talking about you and three months later, really no one's, no one's in the restaurant and that's not just mine. It just, that's the trend of how it works in Vancouver. Right. And, uh, it's, it's too bad because it, you know, a lot of people put their life and soul into something and, and it doesn't always work out. What was the reception like here when you opened Aiden? Amazing. You know, awesome. Like, I, I, you know, I've always been very, very proud to be from Saskatoon, and I've always made sure I always talked about that in, in media and, and even when I was on Top Chef, and I always made sure that people knew that I was from Saskatchewan uh, and quite proud. And, you know, we have so many good things going on here. And uh, when I came back, it was very exciting, I think, for the city and very exciting for me to, to be part of it. And we managed to get a, a very beautiful heritage building. It's built in, you know, 1912. And, uh, beautiful vaulted ceilings and then you know the best part about all of it was that you know five of my best friends that have been working with and you know together for the last well jesse zuber's been with me nine years who's the head chef at at little grouse nathan guggenheimer my co-chef we've been working on and off with each other for about eight no about 10 years now and then uh chris cho has been with me for about nine years as well my general manager so um you can't really ask for much more than that and it's and and to, to be able to take that much talent and bring it into a new a smaller center and and boom all at once it's it's pretty i think pretty fun and pretty good for a city so mm-hmm. uh we were very excited to open when you know we've been having nothing but positive feedback and and people really people really appreciate you here you know <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice when people come up to the palace all the time they're like you know I, when we first opened people were like thank us thank you for coming thanks for coming to the city and you know we're so happy you're here so you know you don't get that in vancouver and you don't get that in a lot of places i've worked in i lived in london new york tokyo kind of all over the place and and um you don't get that kind of response all, all, all the time. Mm. Well, they're going to have a world-class chef on every block almost, right? Yeah, yeah. And so somewhere exactly. like Saskatchewan, Edmonton too is in the yeah. same kind of boat, right? Yeah. You know, when somebody's doing something really well and yeah. they, they have the opportunity, they could go anywhere they want and work and they choose your town. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and what, what we tried to do too is was give Saskatoon, you know, a world-class restaurant. Like you said, you know, we want, and it's not just about a food or it's not just about the room. It's about the whole package. It's about the way you walk into the door, what the building looks like on the outside how clean the bathrooms are how unique they are you know how you're greeted and the food and you know giving someone a feeling of a total concept and and hopefully uh not say you don't want to be at sas too but be when you're in the restaurant you could be anywhere in the world right. that's 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 what we really wanted to 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 get with aiden mm-hmm. was that you could be in new york brooklyn anywhere you know like it's yeah hopefully we've done that i i it sounds very much like what i say about edmonton actually when 
you need to stop saying stuff like, well, it's good for Edmonton or it's yeah. good for Saskatoon. Yeah. It's just sometimes a restaurant is really good. It should just be really good. It shouldn't it be just good are. for that location. Yeah. yeah, and we get that all the time. You know, people yeah. people from all over the world come and, and because we're such a business um, business travel here, you know, uh, we don't have a ton of necessarily leisure tourism besides yourselves are here for leisure <laughs> tourism. But we have some, but it's not as much as our business tourism, right? When it right. comes to oil, potash and all those kind of stuff. So we have people coming from Australia, the States, you know, we had people from the, actually from from Georgia uh, or from Savannah actually a couple of days ago, and they they actually came for for business. But then Top Chef is actually running down there now, Canada, Top right. Chef Canada, and so it was so funny to have these Southern people being so into the fact of you know meeting and, and stuff like that. So it was, it's it's interesting, but people really do, no matter where they're coming from, they're saying. I wish this restaurant was in our city because mm-hmm. this is this is great. So that's, that's a nice great. feeling. Have you seen a change in the food scene in Saskatoon since you've moved here? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's changed even a little bit before we got here, but then now that since we've opened three years ago, it's definitely changed. People people just expect more now, and they're starting to want more, and they they want a nice room, they want you know that good service, and and uh, they want better wines. Uh, I I honestly can say comfortably that we really brought the cocktail thing here, and Christopher Cho is easily one of the best people in Canada doing what he's doing and and uh, part of what we do with food and and the cocktails and everything there's just no there's no bullshit around it we're not trying to be cool and we're not trying to you know make things crazy we're just giving you something that's done very well and done properly and exposing you to that and then once you trust us then we take it a little bit further and then that's what we've done the whole way through and Cho has really done that with the cocktails and and I don't think there was a proper old-fashioned in the city until he you know started doing his so that's nice and, and and the amount of cocktails that we sell now and and people are again will try very unique cocktails now without really worrying about it and the dip the difference too of the city and the way that people are now too is you know farmers you know 10 years ago to get a farmer to drink a glass of red wine would probably be pretty you know like <laughs> would be a little bit difficult and they'd feel pretty silly about it and they just wouldn't feel comfortable whereas now so many people are business farmers and they're making a lot of money and they're they're more business focused they're more well traveled and so they're get they're going to Las Vegas and they're going to the Cayman Islands they're going to you know to all these other destinations now where and I think their wives are making them you know go to these <laughs> nice places their wives are dressing differently and so it's 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 becoming more worldly in a smaller center and mm-hmm. so uh, it's it's really awesome to see a table of you know eight guys you know farmer guys sitting there drinking really nice glasses of red wine and and having a nice meal so mm-hmm. I think that shift has happened. Happened, uh, I think probably happened in Calgary, you know, 10, 15 years ago. That's starting to happen here. Yeah, yeah. you bet. Do you think Saskatoon gets the recognition it probably deserves as a food destination? Um, I think it's starting to. Um, I think there's a, there's a disconnect with some of the list, uh, some of the rating systems um, in, in some ways, given the fact that, you know, some are pretty pretty legitimate, and and some people send they send inspectors to each city and all that kind of stuff. And so, right. but then there are lists where there's no you're you know they're casting out to people like myself and chefs and entrepreneurs and and restaurateurs and all that stuff that's but that's great but at the end of the day if none of those people ever enter the province of Saskatchewan let alone right. eat in my restaurant then how are they ever going to get how are they ever going to vote for me or how is that ever going to happen right so there is that disconnect in that sense um so if you can't get a list because no one ever comes then then what are you going to do yeah it definitely seems the big markets have an easier time getting on these lists yeah no you know and it. so we we've done well with vacay and en route and and you know and and those ones that that i feel are are very legitimate that you know put 
put inspectors out there and, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to bring Canada to Saskatchewan. We did an event called Prairie Feast last year, uh, which essentially brought seven guest chefs all at once. And we did uh, uh, a long table dinner at, at a place called Boomtown, which is one of my favorite places in Saskatoon. It's a museum, but it's an actual full city block of 1920s in, inside. And so it's got butcher shops in the general store and it's very very beautiful and cool and i love it there and and there's a car museum there so we had like the reception in the car museum and then we had a full 200 people long table dinner right in the middle of the street and we had a band and we had dancers and it was very very cool and so it was about saskatchewan products and heritage and that kind of stuff and so we're going to be doing that every year next year we're doing it on august uh, 12th and we're hopefully going to be shutting down a whole city block right in front of us and we're going to have 10 guest chefs from all the way and like even last year but this year too all the way from tofino all the way to st john so we had chefs from you know literally every province coming here and so that's what we keep planning on doing is just keep bringing chefs here and and getting more and more media and exposure and getting people to come and check it out because unless you have family or you have a reason even myself if i'm from st john's i'm not going to go hey do you want to go to saskatchewan you know this summer probably not you know you're probably going to go like got to give people a reason to want to come you got to give and once they get here then they're like why christ this place is great and you know and and it's the same with media and it's the same with and i think that's starting to change too now people you know people like like amy rosen who's a very well respected writer and and author and and i've known her for quite a few years she'd never been here she came for prairie feast and she loved it and she had an amazing time and she wrote an article talking about how cool and great Sasting was and it's funny when you read the comments underneath people are like did you even go there like there's like like, talk more line she's like well yeah i did and i had an awesome time so like it's just a matter of getting them to come here and then from there and you know they make their own mind yeah well that's that's the key right you have to get people to come and try it first and say don't just take someone else's opinion from 20 years ago about this yeah come see for yourself yeah yeah i mean the you know the stigma of being flat and boring and stuff like that it's it's, it should be long gone but it's still there saskatoon (laughs) and edmonton in the same boat right there all struggling for a little bit of respect yeah totally there's things happening here there's thing happening back home for me and Edmonton as well so yeah, yeah I think yeah. we're very similar cities that way yeah. you learned some pretty harsh lessons with some restaurants in uh, in Vancouver when you were yeah. there probably very elated when you're opening the doors and then mm. the the lows I guess of having to yeah. shut the doors uh, how did the how did the situation in Vancouver when you had to close down the restaurant there what what uh, did that do to kind of give you some well you know it's, it, there was restaurant. a t- few different like things to it I mean for one you know it was it was my it was my me being over ambitious that that caused the the, the chain reaction of of you know, wanting to do too much and wanting to, you know, uh, spreading yourself a little bit too thin. And, uh, I, you know, when I opened up, um, ensemble, it was very successful and it made money and we were quite, you know, consistent and everything like that. But then unfortunately I opened up tap a little bit too quick after, and that's what kind of caused it. I, I, you know, still feel ensemble would be fine. It'd still be running and it'd still be good and everything like that. But, um, at the end of the day, I didn't get shut down. I decided to shut down, and right. I think there's a big difference there. Um, and I was very open about why I shut down. And and uh, I've learned, you know, along t- if the numbers don't work, the numbers don't work. And I've seen too many times people dilute what they're doing uh, to try to struggle and carry on and hold on when really once you're past a point with specifically with restaurants I think a real too once you're past a point and you're in the hole this much money you're not going to get out it's not coming back you know and 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 people get too emotionally attached to restaurants and food and that kind of thing that um sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and say I fucked up you know and that's that's the reality of it and and uh 
I didn't raise enough money uh, for the second restaurant and it kind of tanked us in, in the end. If I would have raised 200000 more to do that restaurant, then we probably would have been fine and we would have made a go at it and we would have kind of done it. But I couldn't be happier the way that it did go down and the fact that I chose to shut down and chose to come back because, you know, things do happen for a reason and, and uh, financially and life-wise, I'm, I'm much happier here. And I, I, I think so are, are, are my partners too. So Good. Yeah, yeah, well, at the end of the day, sometimes, uh, you know, something yeah. not working out at the time seems terrible. Yeah, I'm not, you know, That's... I'm not ashamed of it at all. I, you know, I'm quite, I'm almost proud of the, the, the decisions that I made and, and why I made them and stuff. And, and, you know, if you really look at any really good entrepreneur or any really successful person, they've, they've had, they have blemishes on their, on their, you know, I don't think you really know what success tastes like unless you've got some fails behind you. So, For sure. Yeah. And I've had plenty of fails, and I'm not just on the restaurants. I mean, through your crew, my career, I mean, I've had tons of downs, and mm-hmm. the downs are what make the ups good. So yeah. yeah, and that's where you learn the most, right? Yeah. You don't learn anything from just having an easy time of it. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, you might have closed a restaurant in Vancouver, but you've got a couple of really successful ones yeah. in Saskatoon. Yeah, and, yeah and, you know, and I just, I honestly, I just, I really don't, I, I think when you're honest and you're upfront about, about the situation, I, I, I really don't see any negative to it. Even with, with Home Slice, you know, it, you know, it was a total, I easily could have kept Home Slice going, you know, it wasn't in financial peril to the point of, you know, where we couldn't find more money or we couldn't put more money in or whatever, but it was just more like, Why? Why bother? You know, we blew it again. (laughs) You know, you're trying to get a learning experience. Yeah, you know, like I mean, it was just it was a it was a pilot program that 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 didn't cost us much to start. It really didn't, and it was more like, do we want to can do we want to do this or do we want to do something else? And and, you know, you know what? If if the funds and the time and the effort are better spent somewhere else, then. And that's what we did. So yeah. yeah, you know, I think in the restaurant industry, I think you hit the nail on the head there. A lot of people get emotionally attached yeah. to things, and they go, "Well, I have to make this work one yeah. way or the other," even though everything is telling them this is not working. Right? Yeah. This is yeah. improper. Yeah, I, I have no problem with shutting it down. I, no. I think I always learn from my screw ups way more. Yeah, than and you know, else. and and Christ, I mean, if you, I think when you see really big entrepreneurs or really big business people, they've they've constantly got fails going on all the time, but you just don't know about them or see them because yeah. it's not as it's not as attractive to talk about because yeah. it's a restaurant, right? But mm-hmm. there's plenty of companies out there that own tons of companies that are failing. Mm-hmm. But plus I get to use it on my taxes. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? If you're at the point that you're making so much money, yeah. you can actually write something yeah. off. Hey, there, there you go, right? <laughs> That's rare in a restaurant business. Uh, many people probably recognize you from Top Chef Canada still. Mm-hmm. Obviously winner of season one. What was that experience like for you? I loved it. I mean, I couldn't, speak any like I loved it I mean I'm I'm especially at the time I was such so aggressive and so competitive uh and very much wanting to beat everybody and wanting to be the best and wanting everyone to know it and stuff and so um it was a golden opportunity to go on national television and and do exactly what I wanted to do (laughs) so you know and 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 you know I've never been one that really, it doesn't bother me whether you like me or not like me and, and whether you think I'm the villain or the hero or whatever, either way I'm smiling and it's fun and it's cool and it's, it's, it's great. And you don't have to like someone to like their food, you know, and that's, right. and that's what I think, uh, I think people forget about nor what I wasn't trying to be, uh, the villain, but I think that's maybe somewhat of it came out as, but, um, I loved it. If I could do it again tomorrow, I would do it again tomorrow. You know what? Every story needs a good villain. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just not often the villain wins. So, you know, <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's the fun part. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I was really the villain, but it was just, I was just really 
confidence and I was really I was very upfront about the fact that I was going to win from the day I walked in there to the other competitors and on camera it was never a question of I had no problem looking people in the eyes and telling that so it was it was it's partly mental too right it was when I did that I'd been working for Gordon Ramsay for so many years before that for about six and a half years and and I find if you can be under that kind of pressure for that many years. Um, I was so used to not really having any type of life besides my son and, and work that, you know, uh, I found, you know, after a few weeks, people really started crumbling and started getting in their own head of not having this or not being able to see, you know, on that phone or internet or socializing or, you know, everything for me, I was just like, it's a cakewalk. This is like a dream. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, when, when else as an adult, do you actually get to do nothing but just cook? You know yeah. what I mean? You can't, there's nothing else you can do. You can't pay bills. You can't do this. You can't go out. You can't like, I read, I think I read like 10 books in, in seven weeks and I got lots of sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just good. eat, drink and <laughs> yeah. breathe cooking yeah. all the time, all right? Good. Yeah. Yeah. How big of an impact do you think that had on your career? Uh, I think it changes things. I mean, I was I was the chef of Lumiere at the time, and I was with you know I was a chef for Danielle Blude, and I've been a chef for Gordon Ramsay. So I think I would already made my place. I think I was already quite well known in the restaurant scene across Canada, as far as you know, more people that are into restaurants and into mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, but I think Top Chef and those kind of things take you into a different market that you can never get into right. uh, without television. You can't like yeah. uh, you know, there's there's no way I can get a 12 year old uh, girl or boy um, to to be so infatuated with with you or what you've done without coming into their home you know week after week on television there's no way to do that you know there's yeah. so your demographics go from you know foodies or people that are into into that thing or business people from that to like you know eight-year-olds all the way to 65 year olds or tell people that watch tv that are into it so um you can't buy that kind of stuff and and you know and it, and it definitely i'm uh, I'm a big believer in working with other companies. I, you know, Co-op is is a, a company that I I do probably 60. I was just working on two recipes for them before I came here. So, you know, I do videos and 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 recipes for them, and I do um, all all kinds of things like that with with different companies, and and I enjoy that kind of work. And um, some people think it's selling out, and I think perfect. <laughs> I'm I'm all about it. You know, I enjoy working with these companies and doing that kind of stuff. And I'm uh, as much of fine dining kind of guy I was. I I understand that um, you know there's 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 lots of other other avenues to be a chef in and I like doing a little bit of all of them so how accurate I know you alluded to the fact that to meet you were maybe a little bit of a villain on the show yep. uh, how accurate do you think you were portrayed on that uh, now, there's pretty, a difference between reality TV and TV. Yeah, right? no, pretty accurate. I would say, you know, I, I have to give it to the producers and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that they they didn't. Um, they didn't play up one aspect of you to be more a, a little bit or... maybe, but I mean that's that's what you know. You got to know that's yeah. what you're getting into. You know, I think I think um, you know. There's times where someone's facial reaction is used from a different time, and they put those in there where you're like, that's not what he he didn't yeah. react like that. Yeah. But that's just television. That's what you got to have to do. But I don't think that they made me worse off than I probably was. There's a couple incidents. There's only a few times I kind of cringed a little bit of my, watching myself, going like, but. It is, you know, what it is. You know, I, I'm I'm quite apparent of how I act when I'm when I'm pissed off or or when I'm, you know, everything else. So, um, 
it's funny when you when you when you are on a reality show or on a show like that, you don't really realize till you watch it. And I and I was lucky enough to actually go in and watch them edit some episodes and do things like that because I became quite close with with the producers and and all that stuff. And uh, you don't really realize it when you watch, but if you watch closely, everybody's got their own music. Um, so every individual character actually has music, and they play that music whenever that character is doing something. And that's all part of good editing and good things like that. So when you actually rewatch it and and you listen, and I've got military music behind me like it's quite like yeah. you know quite military and then you know someone else has got quite light and hearted and everything like that so even those little things really mm-hmm. impact you right as how you are perceived and so it's interesting it's 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 a very human kind of thing to to watch but uh i i, I didn't mind my music i'm quite militant so you didn't have any input into the music no no, no. i didn't even know about that until <laughs> they told me until someone pointed it until they were pointing it out saying everybody has their own music and i don't think you really realize that when you watch a reality show you don't notice it it's mm-hmm. that back Background thing that just feeds into into the characters. Yeah, no, you it's know. all in your subconscious. If you did yeah. get to pick your own music, what would it be? Probably would have been the marriage to military music. <laughs> <laughs> so they nailed you, basically. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so you definitely alluded to a couple of times here uh, some of the bigger name chefs that you have worked for in the past. Yeah. What was it kind of like to walk into those type of kitchens? These are pretty esteemed chefs. They're pretty well known. Yeah one of those two guys your mentor or do you consider yeah I, was, I consider both of them are you know Gordon Ramsay and in a mentor in a, in a lot of ways because I was with him a long time and, and I was lucky enough to be in the kitchen with him when he was still in the kitchen every day you know for at least the first two years I was with him he was in the kitchen every every single day with me and with all, obviously all of us um, and then from there um I got to, I was fearless when I was young. I just really didn't, I was, I had nothing to lose. You know, I dropped out of school when I was 14 and, and started cooking when I was about 17, 18 in chain restaurants. And I, and I never went to school. I went from kind of better place to better place from like Red Robin to Earl's to an actual independent restaurant. And then I saw, um, I saw Gordon, Gordon Ramsay's Boiling Point uh, documentary. And I literally saw that when I was 19 just turning 20 and I and I lived in England a month later like I literally saw it and a month later I was living in England so um, I just showed up and asked for a job and at the time he had the best restaurant in the world at the time and um, I just wasn't scared I, I just didn't give a shit what, what's the worst that was going to happen tell them tell me to, that I suck I mean they told me that all the time it didn't it doesn't <laughs> matter you know and people would always say to like oh you're not going to get a job and you're like well why wouldn't I, I mean like even when I worked there, you know, there's tons of people knocking on their door, but there's only a very, very few people that can actually work 16 to 18 hours a day and be verbally and even physically at times be abused, you know, and, and it's not for everyone. And, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm actually a strong believer in the old school methods. I am. I, I, I think there's a balance between the two and there's a lot of even big name chefs going totally against it. And it's bullshit. You know, we have to treat people like that. I'm like, well, I don't think so. I, I, I believe in the boot camp mentality. I do. Like, I, I was trained that way. I wanted to be trained like that. I moved across the world to be trained like that um, because it, it, and it, it, it resulted in, in, in me winning Top Chef in a lot of ways because I've been through everything. I've been, I've been screamed at when I've literally been working on sl- for three or four hours sleep for years at a time. And, 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 you know, and your standards become so high and you're so hard on yourself and so relentless that that everything else seems easy after that you know i i 
sometimes you need to get yelled at. Sometimes you need, you know, that's the way it is. I mean, sometimes I yell at my son. It happens, you know, it, 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 it's, um, my mom used to yell at me sometimes. It's not even about the volume of the voice. It's about the, the sternness and, and the, and the follow-up, you know, and God, believe me, Gordon fucking followed up. Like, it was like, <laughs> you get yell at something and then and he'd yell at you for five minutes straight while you're cooking and you have to stare him at the eyes and you have to, yes, Gordon, yes, Gordon, yes, Gordon. And then he'd go away and then 10 minutes later he comes back. He just yells at you about the same thing, same thing. And, and so you do you plan through never to get yelled at or you do your very best never to screw up and without that pressure then would you really push yourself that far i don't think so right. you know because you break mentally um i didn't ever cry in the kitchen but i cried on my way home all the time you know it was extremely hard but then when you do something very good I'd cry because I was so happy on my way home, not in the kitchen. <laughs> and then, you know, and then I was lucky enough to become an opener for Gordon. And so I, I, I kind of, I opened restaurants in, in London and then in Tokyo and then in New York as well for him. And then I was, I, you know, I kind of thought I was ready to go on my own, but then I met, a, I, I ended up going with Daniel Balud and Danielle is such a class act and such a, 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 a good chef, a good man and, and, and a good entrepreneur. And, and I have, so much respect for Danielle Balud. You know, I think he's the king of concepts. He he does everything from fine dining to slightly less fine dining, all the way to burgers and and sausages to and he's he's just such a cool guy. It's his birthday today, by the way. Oh. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's just such a cool guy. And and I I looked at Gordon as like you know you know the hard knocks kind of life, and then Danielle was more like a finishing school for me. You know, and and he taught me a lot about hospitality and being gracious and 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 doing those things. You can't always ram things. You. You, it's we're in the hospitality industry, and I think people forget that, and and chefs forget that that you need to be hospitable. You know, mm-hmm. you, it's it's why you're it's why people are coming to your restaurants. It's not for you to show them how cool and how good of a cook you are. It's for to create an experience. It should be that way. And even when you're a three Michelin star, that's the attitude you should have. Okay, so Gordon Ramsay TV and Gordon Ramsay real life. How big of a difference is that? Not much. Uh, not much. You know, like it, it's you know, I think the theatrics are toned down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's not so theatrical, but he is pretty theatrical of a person, and he is. Uh, the thing about Gordon is that it doesn't matter how long you've been with him. If you've been with him for eight years or and you're a head chef for him, he'll still cane you and you'll still get it, and and that will always be the case because it's Gordon and and. Uh, Gordon is a f- an amazing cook. Like he's a fucking amazing chef. Like in when you, you know, I don't. I to be honest, if he jumped on the stove today, I guarantee he'd blow it because he hasn't cooked in years, mm-hmm. which is totally expected. It's like anything, yeah. but physically, if you're on the stove with him and you're and you watch him and stuff, like he he knows what he's doing, and there's no way around it. The guy can could cook, and and I would. I would uh, I would have loved to have cooked with him while he was the while we were the same age because I would have loved to seen how I stacked up beside him. It would have been fun. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have been scared. <laughs> So the value of working with a chef like that, or two in your mm-hmm. case, like that, versus kind of finishing culinary school and just going your own way and maybe open your own it's restaurant. Not even you, you can't even compare the two. You know, it's it's and I and I tell this to cooks and not just my cooks, but cooks in general all the time. I mean, you got to get in, get in with a good chef that actually gives a shit about his restaurant or her restaurant or and cares about their cooks and and uh, and. I've had cooks. I've been really lucky. I mean, like like I said, Jesse Zuber, my my real one true protege. He's been with me literally nine years, you know, and 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 he's been he's opened restaurants with me. He's kind of done everything, and now I've essentially we've opened a restaurant for him to run, uh, a beautiful little thirty eight seat restaurant where he gets to really spread his wings. But I think people jump around way too much. You know, you need to. I think that every every chef should stay with at least their their main chef for at least three or four years. You know, there's so much to learn in a restaurant. You need to do 
every station for, you know, six or eight months and then you need to be a sous chef and then you need to run the pass and then you need to, you know, all those things. And if you cheat yourself out of that, you're cheating yourself out of the life, you know, and that's, that's the reality of it. Cause when you're 35 or 40, you're going to realize you're not as good as you think and you're <laughs> going to come out of, and you're going to run out of ideas and you, you haven't formed your style. You know, I, again, when I left Gordon, I thought I was ready and everything like that, but then I, I really did need to be with Danielle for another couple of years to have that confidence and, and know that this guy, Daniel Blue believes totally in me and the creative in my creativity so uh you just cheat yourself and that's and and it comes out of laziness is what it is and people want things too quickly and and they're not willing to to you know the the people that will be really successful is is it's and it doesn't matter if you're a chef or anything i think if if you have that it has to be a like a gross desire to be successful where you it literally gets you up in the morning and you don't even contemplate anything else it's that's what you're doing and that's why and it it just gets you going and i i still have that i have that just as much for business now as i do for food but um there's nothing there's no substitute you can't make someone love something and the more you achieve the the better kind of renowned more renowned you become do you find the pressure uh, and the judgments to be a little harsher you know uh, I think a lot, yes and no, but not really, because I don't really care what people think. Like I never really have. Like and and I and everyone likes to say that, but I really don't. Like it really doesn't cross my mind what people think or say about me. Like I, I and that might be really arrogant, but it's true. Like and I've been like that since I was, I was a kid. I just don't give a shit. Like I don't, I don't. It doesn't cross my mind what that person thinks about me. You know and. Um, I definitely care when someone thinks when they don't have a good experience, don't get me wrong. Like, and, and we take that extremely seriously, but all the whole little hubbub of this and that, and it, that doesn't cross my mind. I don't, I don't do this to be popular or famous. I don't, I don't even enjoy that part of it that much. I enjoy profiting off of it and it being a way to get people in, but I don't really care. I would prefer people not to know who I am when I go somewhere, you know, like, and, and it's not because I don't like people. It's, it's just, it's just easier not to mm-hmm. be noticed, you know, but so before we move into the little popcorn round that I do at the end, which is just yep. a series of rapid fire questions, I always like to give someone an opportunity to kind of throw a shout out to some local restaurants and chefs that they like. Yep. Anyone in any place in Saskatoon uh, stand out for you as must visits? Uh, there's tons. Uh, I mean, I, I eat a ton of ethnical food. So, I mean, at Keo's on Broadway is a, is a great place. Uh, Thai food is super authentic and delicious. Uh, I eat at Spicy Bite quite a bit, uh, which is an Indian Indian place. Uh, you know, there's Truffles Bistro down the street who does a great job of just a really good, you know, French bistro. Uh, I'm probably missing some, um, but um, yeah. And, and, and obviously to, to all my, all my staff. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now let's hit the quick little sure. uh, rapid-fire questions. Ready? Yep. Number one, least favorite type of cuisine? Do you have one? Ethiopian. Ethiopian? Yeah. Okay. Food Network show you'd most like to appear on? Uh, probably Top Chef America. Will they take Canadians? I don't think so. I don't think no. so either, eh? No. Yeah. I'm waiting for them to do Worlds. I really want them to do Worlds, uh, to take all the winners from the States, because they've done it in France a couple of times, they've done it in mm-hmm. Australia, so I would love for Canada, for all the countries to come together and have a big, you know, million dollar winner, kind of big ass. That would be exciting. I'd watch that. Yeah. Kitchen persona, encouraging and kind or loud and demanding? I think you kind of asked that or answered think, that already. I think I'm a bit of both now. You know, okay. I honestly think because I do really love my cooks and, I, and they get that, I think you can still be very stern. I think... It's like being a parent, you know, it, it, you really, you have to be able to have those kind times together and all that time and really, they know you love them, but at the end of the day, they're going to, you're going to get disciplined. 
If you could add one talent to your repertoire, what would it be? Spelling. <laughs> Spelling. I did not see that coming. Who's the coolest person you know? My son. What's your guilty food pleasure? Uh, I got a lot of them. Uh, probably white cheddar popcorn. Mm. Favorite curse word? Fuck. Easy one. Mm. What is the best smell in the world? Uh, I've got two. Uh, my son's the back behind his ears. Uh, <laughs> from when he was young all the way till now, he just he smells so good to me. Uh, and uh, it's it's a kind of a two parter the way it sounds and smells when you throw thyme uh, in when like when you're roasting up a lamb cannon when you throw thyme in with the butter and it makes snapping noises and the, sizzle, and the smell yeah. comes up of lamb and thyme together. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Mm. The secret to a happy life is. Fuck, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to figure that out. I'm trying to, I think balance, uh, which is, is a huge lacking in, in, in my industry. And, and that's part of why I'm, we're here in Saskatoon, but it's very difficult to, to find. Um, and you know, finding a partner, I think as a, as a chef is difficult too. I'm 36 still, still looking. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure you're going to find it through this yeah. podcast, but we'll do Maybe our best. Not, yeah. All right. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. I seriously considered playing the Darth Vader theme quietly under the entire interview, but the royalties would have killed me. Plus, I'm not sure he's all that much of a villain anyways. I mean, he never even yelled at me once during the whole interview. Immediately after the interview, my wife Robin and I headed over to Aiden Kitchen and Bar for dinner, and I can tell you all the accolades this place receives are very, very well-founded. We had an outstanding meal there, and we're looking forward to coming back soon. Don't forget to check the show notes at baconhound.com for links. And if you like this episode, do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast and give it a rating in the iTunes store. There's many more great episodes coming soon to Off Menu. But until then, remember, life's too short to eat shitty food.